Griffin. Yes. After yesterday, you chose the squad, and I, I don't think Griffin was particularly happy with his choice of squad because it probably didn't feel like much of a choice because you had the bananas who were kind of dingbats, first waves, the nine pieces of eight, who, as Griffin said, were the nine pieces of shit. Did I actually say that? You said that was very funny. Damn. <laughs> and then there's gold team, and just not, nothing really clicked with you, and I think Peregrine, at the end of it, kind of made Griffin a little bit, not intimidated, but he kind of threw him off for a little bit. Uh, I don't think he was really excited about Peregrine. From what I remember, I want, or Griffin... Am I talking as Griffin or third person? Well, you can talk to me as Weston about Griffin. Griffin, I think he wanted a squad that was specifically stealth. And from what I remember, Peregrine dabbled into it, but it it was a lot broader thing. Like it did other stuff as well. So that threw him off a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense then. And when you saw that, Howland got his perfect squad, quote-unquote, and Baggio, off the bat, just found it. I, I think Griffin was feeling a little bit uneasy about it. And I, I still think he might be, depending on how you feel. But we're going to open this up in a different light. Griffin's going to be talking to somebody that he actually trusts, I would say. So the Cameron hard cuts, it's the infirmary. It's got a lot of beds scattered throughout it with curtains drawn, trying to close it off for different space for whoever is sitting in there. Uh, I think you're sitting at the end of the bed. Not at the end of the bed, but you're sitting in a chair with a bed in front of you, and there's Elijah. If you look around the room, it's not completely empty. There's lots of people just scattered around in beds and somebody going around helping them out trying to give them medicine. But Elijah, as you know, hasn't been taking anything very well since he found out that his squad was killed in action. And the only surviving member was his buddy Martin from the Royals. And this is the first time that we have ever seen Martin. We've heard of him, but this is the first time. Elijah, you see him there. He's still in his robe that he usually wears, a static pink cloak. His hair is kind of scattered, it's messy, he hasn't really been taking a lot of good care of it. He looks tired, he's got dark circles under his eyes, and he's actually grown a beard in the time that you've been staying at the castle because he's just not, he's just not really caring about his look right now. He's actually in the middle of a conversation with you, but he's looking over at his friend Martin, who's in the bed, sleeping, of course. He's in a coma, but what you see is a gith. It's this greenish, yellowish skin color with frecklish spots all over his body. He's got pointed ears and slits for a nose. He looks fine. His eyebrows are furrowed for some reason, like he's having a bad dream almost. But besides that, he looks peaceful. And he's got, I guess you would say, a beard on either side of the cheeks um, that kind of come down almost like a Fu Manchu with no soul patch or mustache. He's bald with these... uh. I would say symbols, but they're they're not symbols. They're just like these little patterns over his head. Everything else, he's just wearing this uh, this robe that people give to anybody who is in the infirmary at the time. But uh, that's just who you see in the bed. And Elijah was in the middle of the conversation, and he says, "Sorry, I f I forgot. Did 
What squad did you choose? I I chose Peregrine. We'll see. I'm not completely sold on him, but I'm willing to give him a chance. So I guess you met old uh, Copper Boy, Captain Copper. Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, he was the robot boy. I guess I'm just a little bit more biased because, from what I'm told, they're going to take the spot of the Royals if they become the new scouts. But they used to just be kind of the stealthy boys. They're not bad by any means. They're not a, they're not a fright knot. I'm not really too worried about you. But why aren't you sold on them? It just, it's, it seems they do a lot more than what I wanted to do. I, I've done a lot in my life. And I would love to dabble in the art of stealth. You know, I've done everything else growing up, and it seems like they do a lot more than stealth and not solely on these missions. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm part of their team. So me being competitive, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever they need me to do. And at the end of the day, whatever I want gets set aside for the greater mission. I feel a little bit selfish. I mean, you gotta be selfish sometimes. And uh, Elijah's staring at Martin. He doesn't, like, stare back at you, but he says, You know, it's it's okay to want things, Griffin. Doesn't always have to be part of the bigger mission. I mean, I wasn't with the Royals on their last mission because I, I wanted to go off on my own and figure out something and... I try not to think about it, but if I was there, maybe I could have stopped whatever happened, or maybe I could be in this bed or worse. I mean, I wouldn't reflect on it. You know, whatever happened, happened. You can't change it. I've tried millions and millions of times to go back and change what I've done, but it's just, it's a lot of pressure on your mind and your emotional state. I mean, if you need anyone to talk to about it, I know exactly what you're going through. Two questions, Griffin. What do you want? Like, what would make you happy? Because, for me, I was always just happy being at the castle and doing things that I wanted to change in the world. And with the royals, it it's delved me into this crisis I have in my own mind. I don't feel... The same that I did. I'm guessing you definitely felt the same, but now that you've faced that and now you're here, what would make you happy again? Griffin looks down, has this huge sigh. What would make me happy is to go back and being able to, to, to save my parents. Because back then, you know, I was just a kid. But thinking back on it, it all came down to <laughs> I wasn't big enough, I wasn't strong enough, and that's why they're no longer with me. Well, you were just a you were just a kid, Griffin. You couldn't have done anything. I've thought about it. Like I just told you, I can't change it. To answer your question again, maybe just having a family of my own. And being my dad, but to my son, or daughter, or whoever. Someone who I can share my love with, a wife, kids. I think that's that's my end game. 
He smiles and he he turns away from Martin for the first time and he looks at you, Griffin, and he says, That sounds very nice, Griffin. I never pictured you the type, but now that you say something, I, I think you'd be a great dad. You're a great friend after all, so... Thank you. I guess for the second question, Griffin, and you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but what happened to your old team? And as soon as he says that, Griffin, you you recall... Oh, shit. Every single situation, every time that this has ever been brought up, and I think this is why you don't really talk about it a lot, because you always just go right back to that same night, that same memory, and it always just brings you back. No matter how many times the days have passed, no matter how many days have passed, no matter how many seconds of the day there are, it always just feels the same. And the camera cuts back. <laughs> it cuts to a moment. There's people sitting around a table. And they're all laughing. They're all having a good time. They're, I think they're playing cards. There's four Aarakocra. The way that we look at it, it, it's lit by a candle. One on this wooden table. And there's cards all around it with, I want to say, gold pieces on one end and gold pieces on the other end. And there's silver and copper pieces as well. People are laughing and there's drinks being passed around. But there's four Aarakocra, and the way I can describe them is, like, uh, Griffin is there, and he's an eagle Aarakocra. And we're going around the table, and there's a parrot Aarakocra, and I'm going to have to send you a picture of this one, because uh, this is a bird type that I, I don't think most people recognize. Oh, is there an owl one? Did you want there to be an owl one? That'd be cool. That could be, oh, I'd have to think of a name. But that would be cool to be his, like, like what I am to you, like IRL. Yeah. Like best friend, like war buddy. Okay, then instead of the cardinal, there's a parrot Aarakocra, there's an owl Aarakocra, there's an eagle Aarakocra, that's you, Griffin, and there's a Quetzal Aarakocra, and that's a picture I just sent right there. Ooh. They're all sitting around, they're all laughing, some of them are drinking. Now, I do have names, but just for help, do you have anything for this owl character? Oh. <laughs> um. Uh, I just thought of the first one that came to mind was Hooter. But, <laughs> no, I don't like that. It's... I have one right here if you want it. Go ahead. It's, uh, it's Peter. Are you in Rule 20? Uh, I am in Rule 20. You see my webcam. It's not loading for some reason. What the fuck? Well, uh, blank face. Blank expression. Blank expression to Peter. Peter? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the name I picked for him exactly, oh, but okay. I did. It was a different character, which actually, I'll just say it, Peter the Parrot. Why not something related? What about Norman? <laughs> no, I don't want to be abused. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my Funkos and I'm just trying to think of names. I'll go for one. Just pick one. Okay, okay. Uh, let's go. Ooh. 
Smoke. Oh, smoke. Smoke named S-M-O-A-K. Smoke. I'll write that down right now. In-game, Griffin is surrounded a table, having a laugh with all of his buddies. The parrot, you remember his name is Peter. He actually folds down his cards like he's all pissed off and goes, Fuck, fuck, damn it. Autumn, the Quetzal, she just flaps her wings at herself like she's trying to give herself air. She's like, oh, Jesus. Oh, did I do that? I'm so sorry, as she's collecting all of the coins. As she's about to collect all the coins, she's stopped by Smoke as he puts down his claw hand on her. And she goes, <laughs> I'm actually sorry there, darling. That happens to be my pile as he throws down four aces all in a row onto the table. And everyone just groans. Ah, no wonder I was looking for aces all game. What'd you have, Griffin? Griffin, can you roll a straight up d20? Yep. <laughs> On a seven. I, I think you're looking down at your cards and you have like a seven, a two, a four, and a joker. <laughs> uh, tonight's just not my night, boys. <laughs> they all laugh at you. And uh, he collects all the coins uh, Smoke does and puts it on his side of the table. And he uncorks a bottle of drinks. I forgot what it was. I think it, you know, yeah, he uncorks a fireball and pours a whiskey for himself and then pours one for you, Griffin. Uh, and then he pours one for Autumn and then he leaves it blank for, <laughs> for Peter. And he says, nah, man, only winners get drinks. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he jokes for a second and then hands him the shot. And uh, there's a moment and then Autumn goes, how long have we been staying here? Smoke takes another shot and he says, uh, I want to say it's going on in the third week. Why? Why are we here? Oh my god. She looks like she's getting a little flustered, like red faced from all the drinks she's having. She's getting uh, frustrated. And Smoke continues, he says, <laughs> So why don't we ask our fearless leader here? And that's you, Griffin. I'll tell you out of game, so you don't have to come up with some random thing out on the spot. You have been on a, a scouting mission trying to... Actually, I, I do need to ask you some questions. Go ahead. After the buzzards destroyed West Haven, mm -hmm. there were a couple sides of the story. There were the people who saw what happened, that the buzzards killed a lot of people and destroyed West Haven, but no one was blaming it on any particular side of the war. No one was blaming the Genasi, no one was blaming anyone else. But I'm, I want to ask you, after that happened, why did Griffin want to join, like, an army type? Why did he want to do that? He felt like he couldn't defend himself when the buzzards killed his parents. So he wanted to join the army so that he can learn from the best of the best to try to make sure it never happened again. That the next time something like that happened he would be there and be able to defend whoever. Obviously, I, I don't think you joined the Genasi, but I think after West Haven got, you know, rolled, because it was a, a particularly based Aarakocra sanctuary up in the mountain facing the sea, I think a lot of Aarakocra were upset. And I, I want to say Peter, Smoke, and Autumn all joined the army at the same time that you did because they felt the exact same way, that they wanted to get stronger and they wanted to stop everything that happened from happening again mm -hmm. so i i think that makes sense out of game just telling you uh who these people are and like their particular skills 
you're the bowman. At this moment, you haven't really trained with a sword. You're mostly just the eagle bow. You're the sniper. In the sky, watching everything happen. Take shots when you can and just tell everybody what they need to know before they go in or as they're going. Smoke is the swordsman. He is the one who carries the sword. Peter is the, I guess, the full-on rogue. He's a real master of going in and out, trying to get there as quickly as possible. He's really silent, whereas Autumn is just a thief. Like, sleight of hand just can instantly take something and just be gone, like a shadow. Like, everyone's kind of got rogue attributes here, except Smoke is the sword guy. Real quick, before we come up with the plan, I do have a question for you. Smoke has a sword. It's a short sword. But could you tell me what it looks like? Oh, uh... Yeah, describe it for me. Oh, man. I think too much into this. What goes good with an owl? Like, design and color and stuff? Yeah. A black sword. It's got these engravings on the blade, all the way down the blade. They look like swirls, almost. On the handguards of the sword, it's got two owl eyes engraved on each side. One owl eye on each side of the handguard. And for the handle, it's not a traditional handle. It's like a a talon off an owl. Some type of bone carved out to look like a talon. Is the blade straight? Does it have a curve to it? Is it zigzag? Is it jagged? come to a point what are you uh, what are you thinking it's just a regular straight sword does it get bigger as it goes or is it just a straight up just the same size all the way to the end it gets smaller as it goes up to a point yeah it comes right to a point you like tap it and it goes feel free to add more details in it yeah i think that's i think that's really good enough actually you described pretty much every part of the blade so i'm happy with it damn what I just thought of a good idea. Just now. Well, we'll say it. Say it out loud. The blade is black, but it's got this really gray on top of the engravings. It kind of looks faded because it's got this paint job on it that's like gray smoke that's covering the symbols. It looks like you're looking through smoke, if that makes sense. Yeah, I like I'm envisioning it. You know how when people put helmets inside of that paint and then they swirl it around and then bring it back up? They got all that paint over it? That's kind of how I imagine it to kind of look. You can see the symbols, but some of it's faded out because of the smoke that looks like it's in front of it. Yeah, I like that. In the current situation right now, you guys are on a scouting mission. You're, you're actually staking out this one particular village because you believe... Or, like, the information that you got from uh, your higher-ups was that this village is a front. It's, uh, it is a village, but it, people are hiding, hiding out war criminals here. The only thing that piqued your interest when you were given the assignment was that there were a few names that could have been associated with these war criminals. One of the ideas that who it could be, there was three names, and two of them didn't really mean anything to you, but the third one meant something to you. Because that name was Matthias. Does that mean anything to you? Matthias? This isn't the buzzards, right? They gave you three names for war criminals, but war criminals weren't associated with the buzzards. But the third name, Matthias, was associated with the buzzards. Because you remember that that was the guy that was underneath your bed 
the one who kind of staked out your house when your parents first arrived, he was the one that was there that night and killed your mother. Yeah, that's... Was he the one that dropped the the bandana? Yeah. Okay. That's the reason that you're there that night. You just heard Autumn say, why are we even here right now? Because she's frustrated and drunk. She knows why she's here, but she's just drunk. Well, we're, we got some intel at this facility. There's some people that I have a history with that are bad people. Hopefully tonight's the night we take them out. Peter takes a shot and he says, is it the buzzards? And when he says that, Autumn and Smoke, they stop and they just kind of look at the table. They have had their lives uprooted the same way that yours has been because of West Haven and what happened. Well, Intel has it. One of them, his name's Matthias. And I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was there the night my parents were killed and killed my mom, as you all know. There's a beat. There's two beats. And then Smoke pours another shot, hands it to you. And he says, why don't we go out there tonight? Like, we don't have to do anything. Why don't we just go out there and stake it out? I'm I'm not speaking for Autumn or anybody else here, but we're just sitting here cooped up. We could do something, you know? We could go out there and we could... We could just stop this madness, you know? <laughs> we could just stop that right here, Griffin. We could go in there and we could take out that son of a bitch... That did you dirty. I don't know, I know, Smoke. I just have this this feeling in my stomach that tonight's not the night. Oh, this feeling in your stomach? What, did you have more birdseed? Uh, you know, you just get those feelings. <sighs> You're right, man. You're right. I say we do, yeah. We'll, we'll go out, we'll scout it. Hopefully we'll get some, some more intel than what we've already gotten. Autumn, she finally gets happy, and she goes, Oh, thank God, I'm so sick of this tent, dude. Peter has been just so annoying. I'm, I'm sick of him. I'm so, I'm sick. Sorry, Peter. She looks at Peter, and she says, I'm sick of you. I'm sorry, but we need some space, all right? She turns back to you, Griffin, and she says, So what's the plan? There's a silhouette that covers the moon. It's the silhouette of Griffin as he's looking down onto this village. It's dark. It's at night. This village seems to be in the middle of nowhere. It's got forest surrounding it, but very far off in the distance. And the forest that is surrounding it, it's got trees that have been broken and destroyed like there's some type of battle that happened nearby. It just seems to be in a, in a straight plain. As you're looking down... You see Autumn going off towards the left into the village, and you see Peter also going off into the village, but on the right, and then you see Smoke going straight on through. You got the bow at the ready. I'm trying to come up with a uh, kind of a symbol like or a signal for all of you to be used at this moment. I want to say it's a, a signal of light. You guys are, are using like uh, light, like you see light, it goes off. It has a bunch of series of code, kind of like Morse code, but that's the way that it can communicate you quietly while you're in the sky. What are you doing? 
flying from a distance. I'm trying not to be heard, but I'm flying left and right, taking it all in, seeing if there's if there's any guards, any traps, any choke points. Roll perception for me. Fuck. Oh, a natural one. I don't see shit. I run into a tree. Fly into a tree. Knock myself out. <laughs> you actually are so far up in the in the sky that you can't really see too much of anything. The light coming from the village that you guys usually use as like uh, Morse code isn't really coming in too much. You can't see anything. In fact, it's a cloudy night too. The clouds aren't helping at all. And all of a sudden you kind of realize that that bad feeling you had is is getting worse because of everything surrounding. You guys just decided to go out and try this out tonight. Right, on a, on a, on a wing. On a wing, yeah. It's making you feel not too good. Right. You're actually looking down. There's a symbol coming from where Peter went through on the right side. It goes on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, and then finally off for a few more seconds, and then on again. That's the only one that you can recognize because it's so dark and you can't really understand or see anything. But the only thing that you saw on that side was that all good here, coast clear, no problems. That's the only symbol that you saw there. You do not see autumn symbol when it was supposed to be had. And you do not see smoke symbol when it was supposed to be had. Jeez. Oh, Griffin switches hit. Does he have a light too? Yeah, I can say that you have something like that. Griffin does some type of Morse code that symbolizes, like, check-in, like, is everyone, can everyone see me, sound off. The only light that comes is Peter's, and you can actually tell, even though you did roll a natural one, you see him on top of a roof, shining his light on, off, on, off, on, off, and he does a bunch of symbols that means good here. And you wait a couple minutes, and you don't see Autumn's, but you see Smoke's as he got further into the village you see a light, and it goes on, off, on, off, on, off. And it's in the symbol of sorry, couldn't move, good now. He sees Peter. He now has contact with Smoke. Autumn is not seen. Griffin flies over, right overhead, where Autumn should be. And he's trying to look through the clouds. He's trying to get close enough, but also is hesitant because he don't want to be caught. He's trying to get as close as he can to try to look for Autumn. Roll investigation. Um, God bless, dude. Eight. Okay. I can't see shit. I'm going to say this. As you get closer, there was just a hint of movement in one of the windows as you came down. And it looked like some of the colors of Quetzal's uh, wings. But then they just quickly disappeared. And you only see that because of your eagle eyes. You only see a hint of it. Okay. A hint. You don't, you're not even sure if that was the, the case. Right, right. Trying to think the next move. I signal smoke, and what it means is eyes on autumn. Like, does anyone have eyes on autumn? There's a light, and then it goes out in the symbol of no. And that's from smoke, and then light goes on, then off from Peter, symbol of no. Griffin is going to take the decision to abandon his overwatch to fly down and try to move in on where Autumn was supposed to be. He is going to basically retrace Autumn's steps. Roll a stealth. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. On a 12. 12. I think you're getting a little bit worried, and you're not really thinking too straight. Oh, for sure. 
because you land exactly where she was supposed to be. You jump down there. You can see the tracks where she has gone. She skated into a part of the village that has openings in uh, different huts, and you see which one she went into. You're going too fast to jump into that frame to where she was. You accidentally clip your wing and make a little tiny noise on the door as you go inside, but then you just see something next to you that you just dart behind. This is the hut that Autumn went into. Roll perception. You know, actually roll investigation again. 16. You're looking around the room. No one's there. It's dark. You can't really see anybody going in and out of the shadows, but you definitely know that Autumn came this way because on the floor, you see a feather. Mm. I think on an investigation of six, I'd, I think you kind of recognize that she didn't do that on purpose and feathers just don't fall out. Right, so there was a struggle. You can tell that, yeah. Griffin's heart is racing now. He's definitely worried that his feeling that he had earlier is starting to come true. And it makes him so uneasy. Right. I'm sneaking through this hut, right? Shining my light inside this hut. No one's in it, right? As far as I know. As far as you know, yep. I'm doing my Morse code. Which should symbolize check-in, Autumn, okay? Uh, are you trying to... I'm trying to contact Autumn. If she's hiding somewhere in this hut. Okay. You wait for a beat, two beats, three beats, nothing. No indication from anywhere. At this point, I think Griffin makes the decision that this has gone from a mission of scouting to get Autumn and get out. Do you tell the others? Yeah, yeah. I sneak back out, fly up in the air, shine my light find autumn get out there's a bunch of lights all of a sudden from two different directions and they they mean what happened griffin shines his light and it means don't know mia threat level high this is serious now find autumn get out come back another day there's a light from smoke and he says i'll go in you fly up and then there's a light from Peter that says, I got this side. The light disappears. He just goes into the huts. Okay. Smoke told me to fly up, right? Yep. In the air, trying to get eyes on this stealthy character. Do I see any movement from anyone other than Smoke or Peter? Roll investigation. Oh, Jesus. My God, I suck. <laughs> on a nine... It's in the middle of the night, so everyone should be asleep, right? That's that's the thought process behind this whole mission. In one of the huts, not where Peter or Smoke went, there is a light that goes on and just stays on. He sees the light, flies down to the hut, and tries to peek in one of the windows or get close enough to look inside the window. The light you see is a candle, but it's on the floor, sideways. Yeah, God. And you recognize it as one of the candles that you guys have. Do I see it's laying sideways on the floor? Or do I just... No one's holding it. It's just laying sideways on the floor. At this point, this is like code red. We're getting her and getting out. It has now changed to mission number one. High priority. 
Griffin flies towards the hut. Is there any open windows? Any cracks in the roof? Or is the only way in is through the door? Only way through is the window. Is it open? Yeah, it's open. Griffin flies in, gets next to the window, tries to peek in. Do I have to roll something to see if I see anything inside the window? I don't think you see anything in the window except the candle. I could just say you, you walk in if you want. Okay. Now at this point, she don't have the candle. Oh, Autumn. Autumn, are you okay? Can you hear me? There's uh, no response. Autumn, please. We need to get out now. C- can you hear me? There's a creak from the floorboards outside of this room. You can tell it's coming from the hallway. Griffin flies up to the corner of the room and is like sitting there against the ceiling by the door. I'm going to say you go over there. You're right by the door. You're waiting for something to happen. And you're waiting long enough for you to think that there's obviously nothing that's going to happen. As you start thinking like, ah, no one's there. There's another creak and another footstep and another footstep coming towards the door. Griffin is going to try to get out of the window and he's going to sit right on the side of the, the house or the hut trying to peek in to see if anyone comes in. Roll stealth. Dude, what? A nat one? A nat one. Dude, I trip as I fly out the window. <laughs> I think you go for the window to try and get out of there, but you don't trip, but someone sees you and grabs at your foot. Oh, Jesus. As you go and you fall down, and instantly, this is a struggle. I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw. Okay, on a 17, you get turned around, and you see a butcher's knife coming down on your face, and you just move your head out of the way as it digs into the floorboards behind you. You can't really see who the figure is, but you know it's an enemy. Right. They're trying to pull out their butcher's knife to kind of pull it back out and then slice it back down in your face. You got a split second. What are you doing? I grab his hand, or whoever's hand, that's on the knife, and I try to drive it more into the floor deeper into the floor to try to get it stuck and also have my hand on his hand roll of strength i've always wondered how how the how strong is griffin pretty strong he's got a plus five 15 so that's a 15 yeah you hold on to the butcher's knife and you grab his hand you're holding on to his hand you dig it farther into the floorboards so now you have a hold of his hand tell me what you do so griffin has his hand on his wrist with the hand that's on his wrist, Griffin grabs his thumb and puts it right there on his vein that goes into his hand. Presses in as hard as he can, which cuts the blood flow off to the hand. It weakens his hand. He loosens the grip on the butcher's knife. You actually feel him trying to like push down on that, and he, he's basically forgot to just hold you down. And while I got his hand on that hand, I grab the back of his head and I put my shin underneath his neck. And I'm pulling his head against my shin. They cut off the air supply to his head. Please work. You feel all his strength leave his body as uh, there's a sigh and then he just goes limp. Easy work. So someone was in this hut. You don't know why. I get up. I take my candle and I 
wave it over his face. Uh, what do I see? It's not Matthias. It is a person you don't recognize, but he has a scar over his eye. And that is one of the war criminals that you were told to come look for. Now here's the thing with Griffin. I have a chance to end this man's career right here. Do I do it? That's up to you. Oh. Griffin is a brave son of a bitch, right? Right. Baggio doesn't kill. That's his whole thing. Griffin right now is worried about Autumn. Yeah. I'm not saying don't kill the guy. I'm saying I'm not sure if that's your concern at this moment, but that's up to you. Right. High priority. I kind of push him off of me or whatever. Leave him be. He's passed out. I pick up the candle and I'm searching through the room. Is there like closets? Is there a bed? Roll investigation. Does it matter, Deej, at this point? Does it matter? Ten. Yeah, it's a normal house, right? There's closets, obviously. But there's nothing of interest. There's no other people that you can see. I, I pick up this war criminal and I drag him to the closet. I teabag him first. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I drag him to the closet. I shut the closet door. And then I slowly walk to the, the bedroom door or whatever. And I slowly look out into the hallway. Is there lights on? Not that you can see. Is this the two-story hut? Yeah, it's a two-story hut. Now I'm on the top. Second story. Okay. After I put him in the closet, I search around the room under the bed behind stuff. Okay. Are you looking for... I'm looking for Autumn. Autumn. Are you, are you in here, Autumn? Nothing. Okay. I go to the hallway. Uh, as you're sneaking in the hallway, I think the camera is on your silhouette as you're going down the hallway, and we see a window... And in the distance, we see a light, and you recognize it as Peter's light. And he says, did you find her? Morse code, flip it on and off. No. There's no more light coming from Peter as you continue doing your thing. I'm searching in all the doors on the second story. I'm guessing they're all bedrooms with people in them. Oof. Are you thinking of something? I don't want to go into their bedroom. Unless I can sneak into their bedroom. You want to roll a stealth? I'll try. Ooh, yes. Nat 20. 26. Natural 20. I'm about to in and out. No one knows. Natural 20? I'll let this roll too, so let it ride. Door opens and closes really quickly. Like you didn't even open it and you're already inside the bedroom. Do I see anyone? As you're looking around, you actually have your light out at first. You don't see anyone in the bed. It's kind of a bigger room. There's more people in this village that don't have this big of a hut. This seems to be like the biggest hut in the village. But as you're looking around, you do see three people on the ground. They just seem to be random people, but they're bleeding, both of them. Looks like one from a big wound on their head, and another one seems to have a cut down the center of their chest. But as you're moving the candle over their bodies to see who they are, the third one you see is Autumn, laying unconscious. Two blades just scattered around her body. Griffin goes over there, kneels, lifts her head up, starts like tapping her face trying to get her awake. 
Is she moving any? Is she coming to life? Or is she just completely... She's not dead. She looks woozy, though. As you pick her up, you actually notice that she has a bit of blood. It's, it's not like a pool, but you can tell that it's sticking to the floor. You look at her, she's trying to wake up, but it's kind of like you being woken up in the middle of the night. You're just, it's not going to happen. Autumn. Autumn, if you hear me. She murmurs. We're going to get you out of here. We're, we're leaving, okay? Just stay with me. Stay with me. Another murmur. Griffin picks Autumn up and sneaks back out of the room and goes back into the room with the guy in the closet and tries to sneak out that window with Autumn. You do that. I'm not going to make you roll for it. You fly out of the window holding Autumn in your hands. Are you just flying into the sky or? I'm flying into the sky with her on one hand and then having my light trying to look for smoke and Peter, meaning fall back, get out. You shine the light. There's one beat, two beats, three beats. You only see one light. I, I think you even have to piece it together in your own mind because it's not the same. It's just a light, and it goes on and off and on and off, but it doesn't finish. Okay. But what you think it might have been trying to say was trouble. <sighs> Jesus. Griffin flies to a tree that's outside the hut and lays Autumn into the branches on top of the tree. Hopefully she don't fall. I, I make it sturdy. Murmur. Autumn, I have to go back. Murmur. Please, please stay with me. You're, you're safe here. Stay with me, please. I have to go back and help the others. Murmur. He leaves her. And he flies back to where that light was, right above it in the sky. You look down, there's no light. This can't be happening right now. This is not how it's supposed to go down. I knew I should have trusted that feeling. <sighs> okay, come on, Griffin, you got this. We're gonna get him, get out. Everything's gonna be okay. Do you go down? Yeah, Griffin flies down. To see if he can have eyes on either Peter or Smoke. You see a couple people inside of a hut. They're just standing there. They don't seem to be noticing you. I'm going to let that natural 20 ride. You look inside the hut and you do see two people. One of them is holding Peter. As he's holding him, he's got a hold of his beak, keeping him shut. And then the other one is just laying into him, into the chest, one right after the other, kind of punching him a bit. You don't see Smoke. It's got windows open, or doors open, or the roof. The window isn't open, but on that natural 20 I let you ride, you can just open it and just sneak right in. Now am I behind them? You open it and slide right in. You can be right behind them. Okay, I'm right behind both of them. Now look at Peter. Does he see me? Yeah. You come out of the shadows almost, and he just looks at you, and then blinks in Morse code... In Morse code, he says, his legs. Okay, his legs as in the the enemy's legs? Yeah, the enemy's legs. So Griffin <laughs> does this little acrobatic flip and then takes his legs, tries to sweep underneath both of the people's legs to trip him. I'm not going to make you roll for it. You sweep him and you trip him, and the one dude goes down as he's in mid-punch to Peter's chest, and he hits the ground with his head. As that happens, Peter whips back and hits the dude in the face with that, 
which lets him go, and he turns around with a little kick with his feet into the face as he also goes into the wall. Griffin jumps on one of them to once again choke this dude out. What does Peter do? Does he hop on the other, or does old boy gotta do it too? <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter already knocked the dude out uh, while kicking him into the wall, but as you're choking the guy out in front of you, Again, you do not recognize him as a war criminal, but it's kind of weird in your own mind thinking that you knocked out one dude who is a war criminal, you saw two other bodies that were down, and you saw these two that were taking out Peter, and you're thinking that in your head, like, there's only supposed to be three, but as you're choking this guy out, heels over, his head goes limp, and you see a tattoo on his neck, the symbol of the buzzards. This means that the buzzards are involved with these war criminals. Is that what I'm assuming? Roll an investigation. 16? I think you're smart enough to kind of piece this together that the war criminals are the buzzards. Okay. You're thinking that this whole village might be a buzzard hideout, but it's weird that they were ready. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you're thinking. Peter. Peter, are you okay? Yeah, just a little choked up here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, but but Autumn, she's she's badly wounded. Oh, is she okay? She's a little conscious, but not there. You need to go check on her. Get her out of here. She's in a tree south of here. Make sure she's okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to try to make my way. As he starts to make his way towards the window, there's a... You don't see where it came from but there's a few arrows that pop into his back. He turns around, and then there's another arrow that goes right into his forehead. Shit. And he lands out of the window. He's done. He's dead. I go over. As you turn around and you see where the arrows are coming from, you see a bowman all the way on the other side of the building through a window. Fuck. Griffin takes out his bow. Can I roll something to see if I shoot him? Yeah, just roll an attack. What the fuck? A two plus three. Five. A five. You shoot the arrow, but it's too far away, and I think you're panicked. It makes sense. You don't see where the arrow goes, but that person just kind of disappears from your view. Oh, fuck. Okay, at this point, Griffin climbs out of the window, or he picks up Peter and flies him to the top of a different tree because I'm not leaving his body behind. If he's dead, we're going to send him off right. Good. That's a good way to look at it. And then Griffin flies back and now he's got to try to find smoke. I'm not worried about the archer at this moment. I have to find smoke. I fly over to where his position is and I, I fly down. You fly down and you're looking around. I'll just let that investigation roll. There was a light that you saw, but then it's quickly snuffed out in one of the huts as someone gets pushed out of a window. It's not smoke, but they fall to the ground with a thud, and they look like they're out. And then you see smoke. Corks grew out of the window with someone else as he lands on the ground, tossing them down like a Batista bomb, and then lands on his feet with his sword out towards a figure in the shadows. As you're watching this happen, someone steps out of the shadows 
with sword in one hand and a dagger in the other, and they're stepping towards him. Yes. You can completely see him. It's not exactly dark right now. It's nighttime, but you can definitely see him with your eagle eyes. It looks like they're about to have a little battle. Can I shoot this figure? First of all, does Smoke see him, or is he coming up from behind? No, Smoke sees him. Okay. Yeah, you can shoot the figure if you want. Just roll a d20 plus proficiency bonus. Yeah. Natural 20. Roll a d6. Three. You take out a bow, and I'm going to say the camera's in the point of view of Smoke as he's about to take out this guy with his sword. As the guy starts coming closer, there's just a as an arrow just pierces his skull and he falls to the ground. And Smoke looks up and sees you. He just gives a wave with his sword. I'll fly to Smoke. Smoke, are you okay? What happened? He's breathing heavily and he's just... They're here, man. They were here the whole time. The buzzards, right? All buzzards. What are they doing here? I think they were here for us. I don't know if the intel was bad, I don't know what happened, but this whole place is filled with buzzards. I don't think anyone... There's no way we got set up. There's no way. There's silence for a second, and then he looks at you and he says, I don't know. I don't know, man. Is Autumn Peter okay? Okay. No. Yeah, listen to me. Peter's dead. Peter's dead. He got shot. I I I saved him, and as he was going out, he got shot by this archer. But Autumn, she's badly wounded. She's unconscious. We have to get out right now. He grits his teeth, but... He looks back and he says, I, you, go, you go, man. I, I can't right now. And you look down. One of his wings is badly injured. He's got a cut down the left one. It keeps twitching involuntarily. He can't really do anything with it. I'll carry you out. Come on, we have to go. Yeah, you're going to carry me out with that archer up there. Here, let's just go out the back way. If we go out this village on the side here, we can go through some of the huts and we could uh, make it to the river, and then past that, they can't get to us. As long as you have Autumn in a good spot, we can come around. Autumn's... she's safe. She's south of here. I can fly back and get her. Okay, let's back up slowly. He's not going far away from you, but he's limping, and he's going through the back huts. He starts sticking to the shadows. There's a fence line away from any of the lights, and he's whispering to you as he's going. He says, now, we gotta be really quiet. Because if they hear us, they're all here looking for us. They're just hiding in the shadows waiting to shoot us down. I don't know how this whole village isn't full, but there's plenty of them waiting for us. I need you to roll a stealth check. Fuck. We're dead. Say what it is, please. It is a two plus six, so eight. Yep. You guys are heading in the back, scurrying around, trying to get past trees and bushes trying to get through these huts. Some of them are empty, as you can tell. Uh, you don't see anyone in the figures, but the last hut you see, you're going to, you see someone skulking around inside through the darkness. A smoke turns to you and then turns a different direction and goes to the left. Through that section, he sees the river that is heading off into a different direction. The river is going fast, and it's not a huge river, but it's big enough for you guys to have a struggle to get across it. But you guys come to the edge of the clearing, past the village. You think that you're safe. Smoke looks at you, and he says, All right, now this is the time that you get to carry me, okay? I got you, Smoke. 
So I pick smoke up and I fly over the river. There's a as an arrow goes right by your head as you're over the river. And you see not one archer, not two archers, but three archers on that side of the river that you're trying to go to. So we're going towards them. Oof. As you moved to get out of the way that quickly, you actually shake him a little bit and it hurts his wing and he says, Oh, God. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Smoke. No, it's fine. We got people here. We're going to have to fight them, I feel like. (sighs) That might be the case. You okay? Are you good enough to fight? I need you, man. (sighs) Griffin, you've never needed anybody in a day in your life. I need you just to be strong this once, okay? Don't you say it. All right, well, maybe you could trade me your bow, and you take the sword. Yeah, just give me your bow real quick. I'd swap Smoke his sword with my bow. He says, Okay, now just hold me, just hold me real quick. As he's, he's taking a shot with the arrow, as he's pulling back the string, and he sees the three on the river side right there, and he's turning around, and he sees the four on the other side, and he sees more buzzards falling in from the village. And I think there's a thought inside of his head. And he looks down at his wing, and then he looks at the other people there. And he looks at you, Griffin. And he just looks back at you. Don't you even say what I'm thinking right now. Do not. I know what you're thinking. (sighs) Not leaving you behind. Well. Ah, fuck it. Hey, Griffin. What? Fly free. And he punches you in the face. No. Roll the strength with disadvantage. Fuck. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> yep, it's okay. It don't matter. A 7 and a 19. Yep. No. He punches you in the face, and you let go of your bow, and you let go of him, but you're holding on to his sword. As he goes flying off into the river as well, he lands on the riverside, and you, Griffin, you land into the water, holding onto the sword, and as you're going down the river, you just see smoke getting surrounded by these buzzards as he fades off into the distance. What's the last thing you say? I look back to where smoke is. Till next time, old friend. And the waterfall takes you. The last thing that we see is the point of view of Griffin as he's falling down the waterfall with the sword in his hand as he's staring at it. And the camera slowly fades to black. I just fucking left Peter, dude.
We cut back to the castle. This is after the conversation with Elijah. We are with Griffin, who is staring down at his buzzard's fall, which is the sword he carries to this day. Right. Now, getting off of that sour note a little bit, there is plenty of places in the castle. Each squad kind of has a designated area for a gas. They kind of stick with the forge. The Fright Knots is a weird place that uh, I don't even want to even continue or get into. But you're looking for the Peregrine. There's a little corner of the castle that's kind of uh, barren, almost. Like, there's lots of rooms, but it's above a giant hole in one of the sides where it's kind of a little bit destroyed. But Peregrine has decided to take up that area to one. They want to clean it up and try to fix that side, so they're working on that one at the moment. But they're also, they also got their own room in that general area, and it's huge. So I'm on my way to their little room? Yeah. Griffin's just slowly walking to his room with his head down, reminiscing on what happened. But he's trying to move on from it, trying to not completely move from it, but from that moment, not think about it and try to cheer up. He just walks to the, the room. You finally get to the area that the Peregrine, you know, resonate at or are residents of. And you open the door and inside is a kind of a spherical room. Like there's no corners to it. It looks like it's almost roundish with uh, windows that look over towards the desert. But in the center of it is a large metal contraption that goes from ceiling to floor filled with looks like some makeshift items. They're lit up in certain areas of it. There's buttons on it too. And Copper actually has his hand on it, and it's shaking uh, his hand. It looks like he's doing something with it. But you see Copper, and you see McEnroe. And McEnroe was the one that you saw with Copper when you first went to Peregrine. And McEnroe is this small dwarf. Like, he's not the biggest dwarf you've ever seen. He kind of almost looks spindly, like he's a smaller version. He's not as muscular. He's got these mutton chops that go down almost to his chest. And he's got this striped jacket, almost a cloak, but it's cut off around his butt. He's staring at you, and he, uh, if you remember, he was kind of angry at you. He thought you were making fun of Copper when you first met him. But he turns to you, and he says... Oh, look at who showed up. The bird. Hey, man, sorry about earlier. <laughs> you say that, and he just shakes his head, whatever. There's not a lot of people in Peregrine right now, at least in the room, but Copper and McEnroe seem to be the only ones who are there at the moment. As soon as you step into the room, Copper moves his hand away from the center object and then turns to you. And he says, Hello, Griffin. I am so happy that you have decided to join the Peregrine Squad. Did you get this voice from Pathfinder? A little bit. Yeah, okay. I am happy to join. How, how are you guys doing today? We are doing very well, Griffin. We actually have a mission for you to go on with us to see how you fit in. Oh, I'm excited to do it. It's, what's the mission? McEnroe sits up and he says, Have you ever heard of the humans? Yeah, I, I know a thing or two about humans. Well, the humans used to reside at a place called Falcon Tomb. It was their capital city 
before the Genasi came over and destroyed them all, decimated their government and culture. Now that they reside in Falcon Tomb, we cannot go in there. The Genasi have taken it over. It's kind of their crown jewel of achievement. They want everyone to think that they cannot be harassed and messed with. Besides that fact, Griffin, there are lots of prisoners that they keep. There's prisoners of war in Falcon Tomb, and we want to go in and to save them. Extraction mission, I see. That is correct. But the issue is we cannot only take three or four. We must take the whole lot. Well, how many are you talking? We're talking a lot. A hundred or so. We want to save everyone there. Now, the only reason we think this is feasible is because the prison resides near the outskirts of town. All we have to do is unlock the cages. Maybe mess around with some guards, kill a few, uh, Genasi, and we get out of there. We can't take the full peregrine. We're thinking about three. Three, so I'm looking, and there's three of us in this room. Would that happen to be the three? It would seem so, Griffin, unless you are not in favor of this. No, I I think we're good. On top of you guys testing me out, Feels like I'm also testing you guys out, so this should be fun. <laughs> the dwarf, McEnroe. It looks like he's about to say something. He opens his mouth, looks at you up and down, and he says, oh, you're not even worth it. We'll see. Easy, McEnroe. We will decide this. If you are not the right fit, Griffin, I have no problem with letting you leave, but I do believe this is the squad for you. So, when are we leaving? And inside the portal room is lots of like dim little tiny circles that look like portals, but as they're moving around, they uh they don't really shine anything. And then Magwell comes down and she says, "Oh, hello, dearies." Howdy, Magwell. How are you? I'm doing fine. Where do you seem to be off to today? I didn't know if we could tell her, but I assume we're all open here. Uh, we're off to Falcon Tomb. Tomb or Tomb? Tomb. We're off to Falcon Tomb. Oh, Falcon Tomb? Yes, ma'am. The destroyed city of the humans? Uh, yes. Okay, um... Uh, out of game, that is a... Big, big ask. They don't even have a portal directly to the city. They do have a portal near it, but you guys are going to have to travel a little bit in order to get there. Copper actually speaks up and he says, Normally, Griffin, in this situation, we would take a gate seed in order to plant into the city. But at the moment, that would take too long. So we are just going to get in and get out. Sounds like a plan. I'm ready for it. Magwell opens the portal. She kind of like shakes her hands together for a second, like she's trying to get dirt off or wash her hands. And then she spreads them out, and a portal emerges. And as the portal emerges, it swirls in this black and white swirl. 
McEnroe points at his eyes, points back at you, Griffin, and then walks right into the portal. Griffin flies into the portal. And as you do that, everything becomes negative, like uh, the negative version of a photograph. The look of your body and everything else is fading in and out of reality until you finally show up into reality. And there's Copper, there's McEnroe, and there's you. All sitting in a field, it looks like it's a cornfield, except the crops are disappeared in this one circle. And then (laughs) McEnroe looks around for a second, looks at Copper, and then he says, Oh, son of a bitch. It's gone. What's gone? It is okay, McEnroe. Here, Griffin, there used to be a tower that we would crawl to the top and glide down from using a contraption at the top. It seems something has happened. Ah, God. Now this is going to be even longer. Out of game. We're not going to like take a long time getting there, but uh, there is going to be... Uh, I'm just going to say we're going to fast forward, but it is going to be like a long time before you get there. Is that cool? Yeah. You have been going through the forest with McEnroe and Copper for the past, I think, hour. McEnroe's he's uh, not as fast as you guys are. Obviously, he's shorter, short, uh, shorter legs. He has also not been really saying much. The kind of mechanical noises of copper moving back and forth has been almost ambience for you for a bit. They haven't really said anything, and I don't know if Griffin has ever been with a group of people who haven't really been that talkative before, but how's Griffin handling it? Uh, He's going to try to make small talk, I guess. What does he say? Copper, how'd you get into this line of business? For a long time... It felt like I was just a simple thing. I just wanted to be alive. It felt like I wasn't for years. Things have happened in the world, and things will continue to happen to this day. And I guess the only way that I feel alive is if I can have an impact on the world. And I hope that it is a good impact. Do you feel the same, Griffin? Yeah. I've always I've had a, a troubled past. Not in a bad way necessarily, but like definitely did wanted to do something more with my life and help others and I guess if I'm being honest, like help help myself as well. I've always wanted to make an impact. And I, I felt like this was, with my skill set and everything, this was the best best way to do it, really. What is your skill? What what do you do? Oh, shit. Set myself up for that one. Hmm. <laughs> I got a good heart, but I'm competitive and I'm protective. I'm, I'm good with a bow. I'm good with a sword. I'm, I'm good at stealth, a sleight of hand, stuff like that. Putting it all together in the hopes of one day I will be viewed as a as a war hero. Also, more importantly, I hopefully one day I can look at myself as a hero. Oh, so I see how it is. You don't view yourself in a good light. When you were in that room for your initiation, I didn't really like you. 
I still kind of have weird feelings about you. I don't know how to feel, but I do know whoever looks into the mirror of journeys and sees themselves, you got some growing up to do, kid. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You see the world in the way that you want to see the world. And for some reason, there's something different that you like to look at. When that thing came out of the mirror, I guess I was the only one who was surprised. Because when I was in the initiation, and I looked in the mirror, what came out of it wasn't myself. It was a big beast. Easy, McEnroe. You do not have to give him the eye. I know, I know. All I'm saying is you see what you want to see. And you saw yourself. A different version of yourself, albeit. But that says some things. You're grounded. You see what's actually there. When I looked into the mirror, I had a... I had a bit of an ego death. Because I realized the way I viewed myself was a lot better and stronger than most people do view me. You, on the other hand, you see the reality of things. Maybe less so, but still the reality. Is that, is that why you got into this line of work as well? I'm just a guy that's trying to be quiet. I do what I'm good at. Right. Copper, he stops for a moment. And he looks around, and he sees a tree. It's cut in half. The other side is facing towards the other direction. As he's looking at he sees a bunch of them cut in half, almost cleanly looking down in that direction. And he looks to you and he says, I don't suppose any of you know much about nature. No, I... I mean, I... I'm a dwarf. You, what'd you say? Can't say that I do. Why? Copper walks up to one of the trees, and he looks at the trunk where it was, and he eyes it for a second, and then he looks back at you, Griffin. These trees were cut with precision. No tools that we have in this modern age would be enough to suffice it. These would have to be cut very quickly and fast. Judging by where the trees have landed, and he looks around, Whoever cut these things are headed off to Falcon Tomb. So, what, we got someone with a very sharp axe? What, we got a Paul Bunyan? <laughs> Who is Paul Bunyan? Never mind. What, we got We got visitors? We got someone else? Do you want to roll an investigation on that tree? Yeah. 19 plus 1, 20. Mmm! An unnatural 20. You actually walk up to the tree... And you uh, investigate it. You look at it. You analyze it. And Copper's right. This tree trunk is cut clean. Something went right through it. Best that you can judge it is that this is exactly the same cut you would have on an apple if you cut it with your sword, but on a much larger scale. Looking at it, this thing looks like someone cut through it with a sword, and that's an impossibility for you. Can't even imagine a sword that big it doesn't even have to be that big but a sword that sharp maybe you do think at first like oh this has to be a big ass sword but it's not a complete like you don't have to exactly have it be this big it just has to be that sharp 
whoever's holding it has to be strong enough or fast enough to get it through that tree. This is, uh, never seen anything like this before. What do you mean? Apparently, whoever cut this tree is super strong and has a ridiculous sword. McEnroe actually picks an apple from the tree and takes a bite. A ridiculous sword? Yeah. I mean, like, insanely sharp. I don't know how big the sword is, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time when we get there, if we run into this. Whoever did this. Well, the whole point of our squad is that we don't run into them. We gotta do this stealthily. Cannot mess up. Especially if something like this, and he points to the tree trunk, can cut through that, and he points to the tree. Right. I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna get my head blown off for this. But, let's keep moving. Yes, let us keep moving, Griffin. Good eye. And you guys head off deeper into the forest. And the camera fades from that shot of you guys walking in the forest during the midday. And it's nighttime by the time you get to this large ravine. Picture, uh, I know you haven't been there, but for the audience members, picture like looking down over Hoover Dam to see a river at the bottom of it. You are in a huge ravine. Copper, when he gets to the edge of the river, he looks out. And he sees a large, like, set of buildings and castle and just a large, I guess, wall, dam, yeah, like a dam that the river has flowed up against. And you recognize it from the pure imagination of your mind as Falcon Tomb. This place is huge, it's old, and it's ruined. You can see just from where you are, which is very far away that there are people going into it and out of it. Like, there's, it's habited, right? But you see the lights, like, shining all over the city, all over it. The ruins are incredible and cracked, and there's parts of it that are broken. The dam at the bottom of it doesn't look like it's even working properly because there's a hole in the bottom half of the dam. But it's big, and you see a crescent moon in the distance hovering over the city. And Copper, he turns to you too, and he says, This is the plan. And he takes his arm and he starts cutting into the dirt. And he makes a circle. And he says, This is the city. And then he makes two dots on the edge of it. This is you, Griffin, and you, McEnroe. This is how we do the plan. I will allow you to have visibility on any enemies near the wall. And he circles to the wall. The prison is on the other side. All you need to do is get in over wall or through wall, however you seem fit, get into prison, and open up the doors. Once you open the doors, follow the prisoners through the crack or area that you got out of and allow them to escape into the night forest. Any questions? Um, no. You're not even going to ask how he can make visibility for us at night? Uh, you know what? Sure. Sure. Was this, you got some type of potions? Uh, some, some type of x-ray goggles? What do you got? 
I have a ability for us. I need you to hold out your hand, Griffin, please. Griffin holds out his hand. Copper grabs your hand. He actually puts his hand over yours, and there is a puncture, and it hurts your hand, and you actually pull back, and there is a little cut in the middle of your hand where something on his hand went into. The blood actually transforms and turns into a type of solid that Copper uses, puts it into a part of his body, and it kind of lights up into this night sky. On his body, there's this mechanical whooshing sound, and then he does the same thing to McEnroe, and he pulls it into his body, and there's this orange glow as well, uh, almost a citrus look. As he does that, he says, You will find out soon. Are you ready, Griffin? Ready as I'll ever be. I'm not going to make you roll a stealth yet, but I'm going to say you guys sneak into the forest. You guys make it to the wall. It's massive. It's huge. You cannot see to the top of it. It looks like you're looking up, and it just goes on forever. It's a huge wall. As you get there, McEnroe is uh, waiting. He's just kind of leaning up against the wall. He's looking left and right, making sure that no one's there. Copper comes up. I am too slow to go on stealth missions like this to get inside and out as quickly as someone like you or McEnroe would. So, here is my specialty. And he He makes a zipline, I bet. (laughs) Does he? No. Oh. That is good, though. But he takes out the little blood things that turn into solids. They look like shards of crystal now, but in night sky and orange citrus. And he grabs hold of them. And then his lights all over his body start glowing on and off, on and off, until there's a spark and electricity between the two. And then there's a burst of copper color energy that goes out in all directions. And you look inside or around, and you see through the wall silhouettes of copper people moving back and forth. And copper says, I have a sonar ability. You and McEnroe can see where people are or are they going to be, and then you can sneak past them. This is what I am here to do. Mm, That gives me a really good idea for something that I want, if possible. At this moment or later on? Later on. Uh, Can you write it down for me? Do you want to know yet or no? No, I don't but I would like you to write it down so you don't forget. When do you want to know? When we get to that point? Or whenever you want to do this. If you can come up with a a way for Griffin to do it, or a Griffin to ask for it at least, we'll use that. But at the moment, McEnroe says, yeah, it's a pretty sick thing he can do. And it helps when we get to do shit like this. As for me, and he takes out a piece of... It looks like a dagger, like a really small dagger, and he does, it doesn't look intimidating at all, but the handle has like a weird symbol on it. You can't really make it out, but he says, I like to do, uh, I guess what you would say, magic tricks, and he moves his hand up, and the top half of his head is gone, and then he moves it back down, and it's there again. Mm. He takes the dagger, and he carves a spot off uh, like a triangle from one corner to the other corner and immediately 
he touches it and then pulls it back and it's almost as if a hole has just been created and so he says time for us to get in and get out are you ready bird boy bird boy is that the best you got well you got something better what do you got for me huh tiny i've heard it all uh, he's a dwarf isn't he all right little two inch punisher <laughs> here we go you start going down into the tunnel and as you're going down there you look back and you see copper and he's just waving you along as you disappear into the darkness of the tunnel now I need you to roll a stealth okay come on daddy needs new pair of shoes shit that's 12 on a 12 you are going down the tunnel and it's dark for uh, a moment, and then there's light that you see coming up from one of the ceilings. There's light coming down, and you can see where it is coming from. McEnroe is whispering, but he says, Okay, I think that's where we can get in. Do you move it? Uh, yeah. You put your hands up, and you grab whatever that thing is. It looks like a manhole cover would, except there's little holes in it for where light can come out, and you push it up, and you move it out of the way. And stealthily, you look up, look around. It's lighter in here. You can't see anybody. But then all of a sudden, there's another burst of copper aura energy that shines through. And you see people, but they're nowhere close to where this little space is. So you think that you should be safe getting out right at this moment. Griffin climbs up out of whatever this is. We're coming from the ground, right? Yeah. Are we in a hallway? At this moment, you are in a room. It looks like the showers. So Griffin climbs up out of here. He looks back down and grabs Macro's hand to help him out. He grabs it, gets pulled back up. Once he gets up there, he sees that the light of the aura is fading, so you can't see where everybody is at this moment. But he pulls out a little sheet of paper on the ground, and he starts pointing at directions on the map, and he says, Okay. So we are here, and he points to the showers, and he says, We have to get through these stages, go down three flights of stairs, and we got to make it to the dungeons. That's where they're holding all the prisoners. Now here's the thing, and I probably should have asked you this. How do you feel about killing? <laughs> uh, it's not something I enjoy doing, but whatever has to be done, has to be done. That's a good answer. We cannot afford to be caught. So if anyone sees us, do not let them escape. Kill them on sight, or at the very fucking least, incapacitate them. Damn. So, I'm gonna go left, you're gonna go right. We just need to snake around, try to get to the dungeons as quickly as possible. I'll probably beat you there, so I'll have a pot of coffee when you get there. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was just a snide little jab. I figured that. He says, Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. The next time Copper releases that energy, we go on three. Try to get past any of those guards as much as possible. Okay? Okay. And then as he says that, five seconds go by, and then there's another burst of aura energy. And he says, Go! Wait, you said on three! I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. 
Uh, door opens. You see where people are through the walls, and you know that you have 15 seconds of a window to know exactly where everybody is. So I need you to roll a speed in order to avoid everybody and to get farther down the landing. Speed? What is what is it? Where the hell is that? Oh, speed, 25 out of 50. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, uh... Athletics? Yeah. Yeah, let's do athletics. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different... <laughs> I'm thinking of a different system. I can do acrobatics, athletics... Do athletics. Acrobatics is doing flips. Flips and shit. Damn it, dude. 12. Okay. I'm gonna roll for McEnroe. This is to see who gets there first, especially with these bursts of energy. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, shit, dog. Nat 1, please. Nat 20. What the... He's there, dude. He's gone. <laughs> I look behind, I just see smoke. <laughs> <laughs> so in that 15 seconds, you don't get too far. Yeah. I'm going to have to kill some dudes. You get far enough where the light is fading away the energy, and you have two places that you can hide at this moment. There is a locker to the left that is open, and to the right there is just a room that has an open door. What are you doing? I'm going on the locker, dude, and I'm shutting the door. You uh, get into the locker? There is a couple moments that go by. Man, this takes me back to my high school days. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, There's a couple moments go by. There's some footsteps that go past the locker. And then another few moments go by. And then there's another burst of copper energy. You can roll athletics again. Okay. Another 12. Another 12. Slow and steady wins the race. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to roll for McEnroe. That one. Okay, I think they can slow him down. But you're going down the hallway. There's people on the left and the right as well. I think there's a lot more people on this way, but you get into the first staircase. Now, you can run down the staircase or you can fly down it, down the center of it. Are you going to fly down it? Uh, yeah, I wanted to. As you're flying down it, the light is slowly disappearing, so you can't exactly see where people are. Just as you touch the floor, the light disappears. So I'm at the bottom story now? You're at the bottom of the story. The dungeon on that level. Okay. But I would not go until that copper energy goes off again. Right. Can you roll perception for me? 15? You can't hear it completely, but down the hallway you do hear sounds of grunts. It sounds like people are like breathing heavily, and then there's someone getting hit, and then there's another hit, and then there's another hit, but they don't seem to be making noise. If you didn't know any better, sounds like someone hitting a punching bag down the hallway to the left. You haven't looked yet. I'm in the staircase, right at the bottom. Right now I'm looking around, I'm looking up the staircase to see if I see any hands on the rails coming down or... At the moment, no. And then all of a sudden there's another burst of copper energy and you start to see where people are again. There's somebody in the hallway, but they're facing the other direction. Perfect. What do you do? So he's in front of the doorway? There's a doorway to the left where you have to go, and there's a person facing the opposite direction from you going down the hallway. Okay. Does he go in the way that I need to go? Yes. But as you also see that, on the right, there's a door, and from the energy you can see in there, there's two people beating the heck out of someone who's chained up to the ceiling. The door is closed. So I go out of the stairway, peek out of the hallway, into the hallway, 
and you only see the one person going down the hallway. There's one door on the side, and it leads into a room, and with the energy still going, you see three people, two of them beating up someone who's chained to a ceiling, it seems. Can I roll a stealth to see if I can go from the hallway to the room without being noticed by the guy in the hallway? Roll stealth. Damn it! Another 12. That's like four 12s. It is. I'm going to roll to see if they notice. Okay. As you are trying to sneak into that doorway, there's a moment you're sneaking, and then all of a sudden they drop some object on the ground, and they reach to grab it, and then just in the corner of their eye, they see you going down the hallway. Uh, the guy in the hallway sees me. Yeah, it's a genasi. All right, this dude, I'm going to have to kill this guy. Right, I'm not close enough to, like, choke him out or anything. Grab him? No. No. Okay. Griffin turns around, pulls out his bow, and tries to shoot him. Roll your eagle blow. And remember, you have a point of inspiration, so if this messes up. I just have to... Ooh, baby, an unnatural 20. Oh, baby, a triple. Where do you, uh... Right in the throat. So they choke and make noise? Oh, shit. The whole point was not making noise. But <laughs> his vocals. Oh, the vocal cords. Okay. I shoot him right in the vocal cords, wherever they are. You pull back the arrow. Almost immediately, like, he turns back, and he, he after he's grabbing the object, and just immediately arrow right through the vocal cords, severing it. They land dead. Ooh, nice. No one's in the hallway. What are you doing? Do I have time to grab this dude and hide him underneath the staircase? As you are having that thought, the energy has disappeared. You do have time, but I'm going to have to make you roll another athletics. I'll do it. I do not want any trace that someone's been here. Fuck! Ooh, a seven. Seven, dude. As you're pulling the body, there's some uh, noises inside of the room where someone was getting hit. (laughs) And they say, hey, wait a second. We didn't didn't tell Sam exactly what we wanted on our foods. You want to go grab him? Yeah, sure, I'll go grab him. And uh, someone's walking towards the door, and they open the door, and they're about to walk out. The door is slowly opening. Am I close to the door? Yeah, you're close to the door. I'm going to hide next to the door. Okay. As he's coming out, I'm going to grab him from behind and try to shut the door as if he was going to shut it so that the dude inside doesn't see what's happening. Roll a stealth. Of course I got to roll a stealth, dude. 24, give me that shit. A 24, nice. Yeah, exactly like that. As you grab him and you slowly shut the door, uh, you hear someone behind the door say, hey, don't forget the cheese, and then continuously hitting the guy that's chained up by the ceiling. Right. You choke him out, and now you have two bodies in the hallway. I'll say you can hide him. I don't know where you want to hide him, but tell me where you want to hide him. I want to get a noose and hang him in the hallway. Is that a joke? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'd want no record to show the people that I was here. <laughs> Hangs him. Wait, do I kill this dude? You choked him out. He's unconscious. These are bad people, right? These are, these are bad. That's what I gotta tell myself. I hide both these bodies underneath the staircase. And I... I sh- oh. W-W-E-D. What would Eddie do? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I, I don't want to kill this guy. That's not the. Griffin don't want to kill, but like, 
What if there's repercussions, dude? Right. What if he wakes up? There's always repercussions. He did just get choked out immediately, so I'm not <laughs> sure if he even saw you. <laughs> that would suck, dude. Imagine how scary that is. Ah, uh, fuck. You know what? Do I have anything to tie him up with? Am I wearing anything I can... Do I find anything? Not that I can see in your in your thing. You can, you know what? You can say that you tear up their cloak or something like that. Their clothes, yes, yes. So I tied this dude's hands and feet. I mean, the first guy, he had to get it. He got it. He's dead, yeah. Yeah. Second guy, I, I put them both underneath the staircase. I put a gag over his mouth. I tie his eyes. I put a blindfold on him, and I tie his hands and feet. I let him breathe through his nose. His nose is exposed, so he can breathe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now I open the door. Are you going to go in there? I'm going... Wait, aren't I supposed to? Isn't that... Oh, no, that was just a, a door on the side. You don't have to. You have to go down the hallway to the dungeon. There's someone getting the shit kicked out of them in that room. Yes, some dude's getting brutally beaten. Yeah. And I'm over here like, hey, man, I'll catch you on the flip side. You can do that. Or you can go to the dungeon, like you said. Because, again, you're going to either beat McEnroe there, or you're going to get caught up. And it seems like you've already gotten a little bit caught up. Okay, I'm going to go on down the dungeon. I'll, I might come back for this dude. Poor guy. But I had this perfect line. You know what? That's my excuse for McEnroe beating me there. I was doing more important shit, too. Okay, so I slowly open up that door. As you open up the door, you see candles that are lit with someone hanging from the ceiling. Looks like they've been brutally beaten up, like they got scars all over their stomachs. It's a tabaxi hanging from the ceiling, and they got a blindfold on, and there's lacerations around their wrists. They are just getting hit over and over, so much so that the noises that they are making don't even become audible, like they're just used to it at this point. But there's a genasi. Just one right over there, just beating him into the chest. As you open the door and close it, he says, Hey, did you, uh, you told Sam? Yeah, you said no cheese, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then just beat the shit out. <laughs> As you say that, he turns around and he sees you. You have a surprise attack. What do you do? I try to fly over. How far is he from me? Uh, I want to say you snuck up right behind him. Alright, I'm gonna do the classic headbutt. I'm gonna headbutt him right in the nose, dude. And then try to jump on him. Roll two athletics. Ooh. D does it matter? Does it matter? Yeah, no, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, well, yep. Nat, nat 20, dude. 25. I'm gonna just give you the nat 20. You fucking headbutt him in the head. And he just blacks out immediately. Blacks out. On a nat 20, you literally just knock this dude out with a headbutt. Ah, uh, yes. Now, he saw me. He did see me, right? The Genasi definitely did see he you. Because you, <laughs> you said the the good line. You said no cheese, right? <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> mm. So, he's knocked out on the ground. You have a choice to kill him or not. I'm going to have to kill him. Mm. I'm going, because he saw me. Oh. Why is it so easy for Ed to make these decisions? 
Oh, yeah, you don't think I worry about that every single day? We did a four-hour campaign yesterday where he literally killed it. Everybody killed everybody he came in. He killed everybody and a child. (laughs) What? (laughs) He killed everyone and a child. For good reason or for whatever? (laughs) Well, the kid kid uh, was patient zero of this plague, so. Oh, he had to. Yeah. (laughs) You're just like... For good reason? (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. Dude, I have something sadistic that I could do. Is it a Griffin thing, though? I I don't want to kill, right? So I want this guy to live. I don't want to kill unless I have to. Right. But what if I just, you know, snipped his vocal cords? Oof. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking, like... He, he couldn't say what I looked like. I guess he could draw it out. But he also wouldn't die. But that's, like, going too far with the whole vocal cords. A little bit. The the closest I was going to give you is that in Griffin's mind, he literally, this guy was literally beating the shit out of somebody. So in his mind, he could probably be like, yeah, this guy doesn't have to live. <sighs> I'm just going to... Take one one swoop of an arrow right to his skull, dude. Quick and easy. He he didn't even feel it. He's already out. Immediately gone. Deceased. Funeral's over. Okay, I turn to the tabaxi. Are you okay? There's a gag in their mouth and blindfolded. Oh. But they don't even try to say anything. Oh, you can't hear me. Okay. Well, see, no, I take the gag off. I take the blindfold off and I unloosen the chains if I can. You uh, you do that. They seem really uptired, like they don't have enough energy. They can't speak whatsoever, right? I mean, they can speak, but they got no energy because they were just being beaten. So you can ask them some questions and you can see. What's your name, dude? Oh, my name is Carmichael. 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 Mm. Here's a a question. You want to leave? Like, (laughs) you just want to get out of this place? Because, like, I can help. Unless you're fine. No, dude, I'm just hanging out. Well, uh... Get me the fuck out of this place. (laughs) Alright, you have to be really quiet, but follow me and do exactly what I tell you to do. He takes a moment. He's getting up. He's trying to, like, get rid of his wounds. Also, this guy, I forgot to mention, this guy is, uh, naked, so... Oh, that's fine, dude. I've seen cats without clothes on all the time. It's fine. <laughs> like IRL. <Yeah. laughs> Dude, that means he's got a barbed-ass penis, don't he? Oh, it sure does. Anyway, let's focus. <laughs> anyway, so as he's getting ready, he spots something in the corner. He says, uh, give me one second. And he walks over, and he grabs his clothes, gets dressed. He gets dressed in this blue cloak that almost looks like a uniform resembles that with these gold looking shoulder pads and this blue and yellow brimmed hat and he's got these gold buttons that go up it looks just like a captain's uniform almost and you could recognize that as it but he finally puts his hat on his head and he says all right which let's shove off cameras on the hallway as you both peek out of it there's another burst of copper energy you don't see anyone in this hallway that is either alive or conscious. 
All right. I was I was meaning to ask you about that. But he doesn't see the aura or the energy because Copper used your blood and McEnroe's blood in order to do that. So this guy, Carmichael, cannot see it. Right. But you can. So I'm going to need you to roll in athletics. And now that it's gone off, to get to the dungeon. And I think this might be the last one. Dude. Another fucking 12. Another 12. 12 is my favorite number. Or one of them, but. I know nine's the other. No. What, is nine not the other? My favorite number? Yeah. No. Where'd you get nine from? I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be Ed's. Actually, I got, like, three. Okay, there's 12. Yeah. Like, yeah, hold the podcast one sec. Let's get through this right real quick. What, what, what's your favorite numbers? 12, 23, 34. Oh, 34. I do remember 34. 23 is Michael Jordan's number. Yep. Okay. Well, now that that's settled. On a, on a 12... This should have been the last one, but it's not. It's not, yeah. <laughs> you get down the hallway, and you see the dungeon around the corner where this is coming out at, and you can see that there's cages, and you actually hear a bunch of people either talking or sleeping. From what you can see, there's lots of cages already lined down this long hallway, but you can't get over there yet as the energy disappears. Can you roll a perception? No, speaking of... A nine? Shit, okay. You don't see anything because the energy has come and gone, but you do know there's a lot of people in this dungeon. You do not see McEnroe. So I'm basically just sitting here, right, waiting for the burst of energy? Yep, but Carmichael, who's dressed in his uh, cap and uh, uniform, he says, What are we waiting for? You know how we rescued you? Who's we? I got connections. Besides the point. We're rescuing you. So in turn, we're going to rescue everyone else that's been trapped here. That's the plan. Alright. Hear me out. Trust me. Give it a little time. And we'll get everyone out safe and sound. So you're telling me we're trying to get everyone out of their cages. Away from the fucking genasi. Right. Right, mate. Right. <sighs> okay. Um, well, give me a moment. And he walks <laughs> into the hallway where all the cages are. And he goes, <whistles> Hey, blimey! You actually peek behind the corner. I don't say you, like, give yourself away. But you hear a bunch of guards get up really quickly. And he says, you want to have a go at this? And he takes down his pants and he just moons the hallway. You don't see their reactions. But you just hear a bunch of people say, Let's fucking get him! Fuck! And then they start running down the hallway as he's lifting up his pants again and he's facing down the hallway. Carmichael turns to you and he says, Hey, we don't need anybody. This dude just gave away... I should have let him be. <laughs> this cocksucker, dude. <laughs> you know what? Is he making a distraction? Is that what this is? Does he have good intent behind this? You want to roll an insight? 18. He definitely had good intentions behind doing that. He wasn't just trying to, like, give you away. But as you hear the guards coming closer and closer, there's another burst of copper energy... And you just see all around you, you see the massive amounts of people in the cages, but you also see the five guards coming down the hallway. 
and you see Carmichael in front of you, but randomly you see one smaller energy above you and you look up and you see McEnroe looking down and he says, Shh. Nice. All right. What's the plan? Well, thanks to your friend here, I think we're going to have to beat some ass. Yeah. Sorry about that. His name's Carmichael, by the way. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And as he says that, you see a guard coming down the hallway, and he reaches back to punch Carmichael in the face. And as he goes for that, Carmichael leans out of the way really quickly and then goes back and then bites down on the guard's arm, who screams, and he tries to go in for another punch as another guard tries to sweep out his legs. And as the other guard goes to sweep out Carmichael's legs, he grabs the guy's arms in his mouth and does a backflip with them. So the guard on the bottom just moves and whiffs on the legs, and Carmichael lands on the dude who's now on the ground biting the shit out of his arm. And he turns to you, Griffin, and he says, Well, don't just stand there, grab one. And then he bites down harder and punches the dude on the ground. No, there's four other guards. What do you do? I jump out, attack my arrow, and try to shoot one of them. Right in the neck. Roll an eagle bow. 21. Damn, son. See, I think you're just getting it when it matters, you know? Yeah. You hit him in the neck, you hit one guard down. That guard is dead, but the one that just whiffed on his legs tries to grab your talon on the ground and pull you up. He's trying to pull you closer to him, so he's trying to grab the leg and pull you up to throw you back down on the ground. Oh. He has a hold of your leg right now. Is he on the ground as well? He's on the ground getting up. I want to take my talons, if I can get it around his neck, and try to, like, squeeze his neck shut. Roll in athletics, then. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! 23, baby. Ooh, a 23. You grab him by the neck while you're holding out your bow and arrow, and you grab him by the neck with your talon, and you're holding him up. And then another guard is going to attack you while you have a hold of the bow and arrow, and he's got the other guard in there. Roll a dexterity saving throw. Mm. A 10. That's where my luck runs out. Yeah, the guy punches you in the face, and I think you drop your bow. And as he punches you in the face, you drop your bow. McEnroe just jumps from the ceiling screaming, and he says, You son of a bitch! And punches the dude in the face who just punched you. And he's landing on him. And he's on top of him holding his head like he's trying to get a hold of his neck with his legs. He's running around now. What do you do with the guard that you have in your talon? I'm going to have to snap this dude's neck. I'll let you do that without rolling because you just got a 23 on that. Yep, you snap his neck. He's dead. One, two. That's three KIAs. Jesus. Yep. To call in my UAV. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to find him after the gulag. Uh, There's the third one. (laughs) I look up and all three guards won their gulag and they're flying back down. (laughs) Here I come. But Carmichael, who has his guard, he, he has stopped grabbing onto his wrist with his mouth and he bites down onto his throat and the guard screams for a second and then Carmichael says, hold on, you need to shut the fuck up and then kicks him in the face because he's a tabaxi that flexible. That guard is knocked out. There's two more guards left. McEnroe is on top of one and the third guard is a big, big dude. Big boy, huh? He's probably like the size of the hallway and the width of it, and he's coming up towards both of you, Carmichael and Griffin. Carmichael looks at you. He's side to side with you. He kind of winks, and he kind of makes a symbol with his hand as if to go under, and then he points at you to go over. 
So he's going under, I'm going over. Yeah. And then he says, all right, let's go. And then he runs forward. Yeah, I fly forward and I go try to go behind this, or like go behind his neck. And then as you do that, you see Carmichael on the ground slide underneath him. And he's behind the dude. And he's got a hold of his legs. He actually kicks the dude's leg from behind. So he lands on one of his knees. What do you do? So he's on one knee. One knee. I'm behind him. Yep. I'm going to try to snap his neck, dude. I'm going to have to. You know, it's not a luxury, but you got to do what you got to do. kind of want to make you roll a strength. Roll an athletics. 17. Really? 17. Yeah, you grab hold of his head, and you're attempting to snap his neck. You hurt him really badly, but you do not completely snap the dude's neck. But, like, you definitely, like, hurt him. He's not able to move his head. Right. Now, and he's on one knee, and he reaches back, and he grabs you. Can you roll a dexterity saving throw? Damn. A nine. I get launched, dude. Oh, yeah, he grabs you, and he throws you forward against the wall behind you. You actually land on your back against the wall and then slide to the ground. Um, Actually, you know what? I'm going to roll damage for the first time here. How about McEnroe? What the fuck is this dude doing? You actually look at McEnroe, and he's still hitting the dude in the face. He's basically a jockey on a horse right now on the one guard who's running around. He's getting grabbed at by the guard, and every time the guard tries to grab him, he just fucking punches the dude in the face again, and you actually hear him say, hey, stop hitting yourself. Hey, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. This dude's having trouble with one, and I've already moved on to my third? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe you get to talk to him about that later. Shit. I'm letting him hear it. I'm going to let him hear it. <laughs> but after you get hit, and you've slid to the ground, you're looking at the big old guard, and uh, you see Carmichael, just like a cat, jump to the top of the dude's head, and then just dig his claws into his head, and then just fall back down all the way to the ground, and you hear the guard just scream. And the guard turns around to face Carmichael, and you see the long scratch marks all the way down his back, and you see he's bleeding. What do you do? The guard, the big guard, is now prone. He's not prone, he's just turned around, showing you his back. Do I still have my sword? You do have the buzzard's fall. But he's a genasi. I'm going to take my sword, fly forward, and try to stab him through the back, through the heart. Roll your buzzard's fall. Oh, my God. I'm... Screw this, dude. A natural a nat- 20. 15 damage. You ran up, and you stabbed this dude in the back. In the camera's point of view, we are now looking at Carmichael's point of view. As the sword comes bursting through the guard's chest and then slides down, and the guard immediately goes limp. His hands touch the floor as he falls off of your sword onto the ground. Damn. And Carmichael looks at you, and he says, See? No problem here at all. And then then finally you hear one hit, two hit, three hit, and then the guard falls down. It's McEnroe's guard? Yeah, and McEnroe finally looks up, and he's like, (laughs) He's fucked! Yes, I got it! And he sees that all the other guards were knocked down. Yeah, you you done yet, bud? (laughs) He stops being happy. He immediately, he starts frowning, and he says, We were focused on stealth here, weren't we? Yep, but when things don't go to plan, you gotta adapt and overcome, huh? Let's just get these fucking people out of the cages. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, you guys start opening the cages. There's like a hundred people in this one section alone, and there's multiple sections. There's multiple cages. Roll perception for me. Okay, on 11, you notice that there is a door that leads off to some other section of this dungeon. 
McEnroe and Copper have said that they want to get as much people out as they possibly can. You see the door, and you see McEnroe as he's opening up all these cages. And as he opens every cage, you notice that each cage only has a specific race in it. There's a tabaxi cage, there's a sild cage, there's an elf cage, a dwarf cage, an orc cage. They all have people filled to the brim with these cages. And McEnroe's opening all of them. And you see the door right there. What do you do with the door? Try to open it? It opens. I think you actually grab the handle and it just kind of slides open. What do I see when I open it? You open the door, and it's pretty dark in there. There's, like, not a lot of lights in here. You can't read Primordial, which is the language that the Genasi use for writing anything. But as you walk in, you see that there's a sign in Primordial, and there's one giant cage in here. In the cage is nothing. No one's in the cage. In fact, there's a circle cut through the cage, a large one. And you walk up to the cage, and you notice that the circle in it, the shapes, clean cut. Perfect cut. Mm. Like someone had to cut through it very, very well. But no one else is in the cage. And if you look up into the sky, or into the ceiling, I should say, you do see the sky. There's a hole, a large crack. And it's not like normal parts of Falcon Tomb, because it's broken apart. Lots of places in this castle or in this town are messed up, but you can tell that they're aged. The hole in the ceiling that you see now is fresh. So something got into these prisoners before we did, right? It seems that way. But as far as you know, nothing is in this room anymore. But there's something that you just think about. Why this particular place? Why is it such a clean cut? And where did they go? Damn. Also, what race was in this cage? Can I ask Carmichael? Would he know? I think Carmichael could know, because he was part of this. Hey, Carmichael. Carmichael runs over to you. Uh, yeah, what do you bloody want? Who was being held in this cage? Uh, these were the humans. The hu- Yeah, it was all supposed to be humans over here. They had their own cage. You see this hole too, right? He walks up to the hole that was inside of it, and he actually looks at it and he says, Mmm, that's a very clean cut. Must have been something very sharp to get in here. Did you not see anything? Did you hear anything? Do you know anything about what could have done this? Oh, I guess that could make sense why I was the one gotten the shit kicked out of me. They kept asking me, what did I do? Why did I do this? What did I do? How did I do it? I had no idea what they were talking about. I guess this could be it. You say it? The reason why I was being beaten. Oh. They must have escaped through that hole in the ceiling, I guess. Y yeah. Yeah, they probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, you don't have to be screaming at me. God, I have such a headache. <laughs> this is just the human wing. Mm-hmm. Gotta get everyone else out. That would be the case, so... They only have the human cages here because they just... They did some sick shit to them. The Genasi, they are a bit ruthless when it comes to trying to conquer. Anytime they've had a human, they've broken them down, broken their spirit, and did a lot of shit to them, you know, mate? Wasn't good. Alright. So, now, no one's left, right? In this cage, no. In this cage. 
No humans, no one. Is there any other races being held? He said just the humans are here. He meant like just this wing or like in Falcon Tomb, it's just humans? Just in that wing. Out of game, if there were any humans in Falcon Tomb, they would have been brought to that cage. Well, since the humans are no longer here, it seems to me that we'll have to get everyone else out and then worry about this last, trying to figure out what happened to these humans. No, I mean, okay, mate. I have a question for you, though. What do you want? Who the hell are you? Part some type of uh, rebellion? Where'd you come from? Where'd you serve? Uh, just a good old farm boy. (laughs) (laughs) Do I want to tell this guy my story? Probably not. Probably not. You just met him. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't worry about my backstory. Maybe at a later date when I get to know you better, I'll tell you. But just know that everyone that's here helping you has good intentions. Well, I'll drink to that. McEnroe comes up and he says, All right, all the cages are done. Time to move out. If any of these guys get caught, it's not my fault. We tried our best. Let's get the hell out of here. I guess I'll just go out the way I came. We can cut to you get out of the dungeon. You follow everybody. Everybody kind of goes one by one through the tunnel. And we're outside of the wall. You see Copper as we see just a lot of people coming out of the tunnel and then into the forest as they run away. Families, loved ones, they're all just so happy and scared and upset, but they're all running off into the night. And Copper looks at you, Griffin, and he says, We did a very good job, Griffin. You did a very good job. I appreciate it, Copper. I couldn't have... That's, That's right. We did a very good job. Isn't that right? As he uh, slaps you on the back. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Copper, uh, I'd like you to, to meet my friend, Carmichael. Put her there. Carmichael just like throws out his hand for a handshake, and Copper just looks at him for a second. Who the fuck are you? Uh, <laughs> he's, uh... Well, I'm Carmichael. I saved your boys back down there. You know what, I'll let you have this one. Yeah, sure. Even though I do recall some dude getting the absolute crap beaten out of him. But yeah. I was just biding my time. But it was me who saved your boys. That's right. Carmichael. And he like puts up his knee as if he's trying to Captain Morgan, but he's got nothing to put his knee on. And uh, Copper, you might have to have a word with Macro about his uh, efficiency, I should say. There's a sigh, and Macro says, I was trying to do it stealthily. I didn't realize that we had a bunch of killers here. Killers? Weren't you the one who asked me if I was okay with it? Yeah, that's... I'm glad we got through it. Okay, listen. I I didn't realize... Didn't realize that that's what we were going for, you know? I was... You know what? Listen, I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one, Griffin. You did good job, okay? Is that what you wanted to hear? That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Thank you. All right, good. Now I'm going to go throw up behind that rock. (laughs) McEnroe says, Okay, if we leave now, we should be able to get back to the castle by morning. You tell me there's a castle? Well, what castle are we going to? (laughs) McEnroe looks back at him and he's like, Sorry, dude, uh, I don't know who the hell you are. So, like, good job doing whatever you did down there. But, shoo. Shoo, shoo. Go go back to wherever you got to go. Skedaddle. Go. Carmichael says, you know, just because I'm a tabaxi doesn't mean I'm 
fucking a feral animal. I'm not sitting here like I'm trying to beg or anything. I'm just trying to see where you guys are going. I at least know that. I need to know who you guys are. What are you, special ops, army, who sent you? Do I? I don't know if I want to say it. Then you don't have to say You do not need to know who we are. I may not know who I have to fucking bloody know, but I want to. Listen, guy. Go away. Go the fuck away. Go back to your family. Well, I don't have a family. Huh? I was down there for five years getting beaten. You think I like that? Where do I have to go? Back to the dungeons, probably. Come on. Just take me with you. How about this? If we need you again, we'll be in contact with you. Here, take this, and I give him a map. It's to Jacoby. Go there, find your place, tell him you know me. Like I said, if we need you, I know where to find you. He sighs for a second, and he says, Who am I supposed to talk to in Jacoby? Go to the house cat tavern, ask for Isabel. Tell her that you know me, and that you're friends with me, and that you need help in trying to find a place to stay. I'm sure she'll understand, and she'll get you all sorted. And if we need you, I can come find you. Well, the house cat tavern doesn't sound too bad. You know what? I'll trust you. I'm off! And he salutes to both of you, and he runs off into the night. What the fuck was that? Why'd you... Did you save him? Yeah, this dude was getting double teamed. <laughs> He's getting double teamed by a set of guards. In the good way or the bad way? The bad way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I couldn't leave him behind. I thought that was our mission, to get everyone out. I mean, it was. It just... Something's wrong with that guy. And he starts walking into the forest. Yeah, that'll make me feel good. <laughs> Copper pats you on the back and says, You have a good heart, Griffin. And you did a very good job. Let's make it back to the castle soon. And he also walks into the night. Griffin flies up. And as he's flying through the air and kind of gliding, you can see this little grin that comes on his face. He did something good today. Even though he had a kill and he didn't want to. He's starting to believe in himself a little more. back to the castle. It was daytime. It was like dawn when you guys finally made it back to the gate seed that opened up and allow you access back into the portal room. You leave the portal room. McEnroe left, went off into the night back into his room. The only one left with you is Copper who walks with you back to your room. He finally gets back to the door where you're going back into your room and he says So, Griffin, how did you like the mission today? It didn't go as planned, as most missions probably don't, but I enjoyed it. It made me feel good. Felt like I was doing the right thing. I, I see a future with this team. If you care to have me, that is. There's a beep, 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 as in he's happy. Griffin, I think this would be the perfect fit for you. 
and the perfect fit for us. And he takes out that little crystal thing he used to make. In my hand. Yeah, the little crystal thing that was made out of your blood. And there's a moment where he smushes it slowly together. And as he pulls back, he takes out his hand and it twists. So there's a different mechanism besides his hand. It glows red hot for a second. And then he steams it onto the crystal. And he pulls back. There's smoke for a second. And then he hands you the crystal that is in night sky crystal color. And on the front of it, there's an emblem of a bird, the symbol of the peregrine. And he hands it to you. This is the symbol of the peregrine, kind of like a badge. If you wish to be, it is yours. I would gladly accept, Copper. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to showcase myself, and I really do appreciate everything that you're doing. I thank you as well, Griffin. And he turns around and starts walking away. And the last thing he says to you before uh, he walks away was, Anybody would be lucky to have you. And then he just walks off down the hallway. Griffin nods, smirks, and closes his fist around the badge. And the last thing that the camera sees is Griffin holding the badge in his hand as the camera pans up past his bandana on his bicep into the eyes of Griffin, and for once, they soften. camera cuts damn i feel like a woman someone's eating an apple i'll edit that part out we'll continue (laughs) (laughs) okay out of game yeah first thing that came to my mind when he asked me for that what suicide (laughs) right (laughs) right underneath the chin dude (laughs) Oh Jesus! I know he. I know he has to die, right? I know, or maybe just throwing that out here. I leave him behind, say, and maybe in the future where we're at right now, real time. I don't know. He. That's all I'm saying. What's the last thing you say? Yeah, boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I want this to be good. Peregrine. Not peregrine. Copper. Peregrine walk. Uh, fuck. <laughs> Copper walks. Uh, and per Fucking peregrine. Copper. Griffin holds out his hand. As he. uh per- Fucking shit. Copper into a type of solid that peregrine uses. Okay, I'm going to go on down the dungeon. I might come back for this dude. Poor guy. But I had this perfect line where I was going to open up the door and be like, you said no cheese, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> and then just beat the shit out of this I kind of like that, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> it's up to you, though. You know what? That's my excuse for Macro beating me there. I was doing okay. more important shit. 